Welcome to the Brett Boom Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Levy. Alongside me would be the Silver Slugger, the All-Star, the Golden Glover, my favorite person in the whole wide world, and so is yours, Brett Boom. What up, Brett? Hey, Danny. What's going on? What do we got this afternoon? Forget this afternoon. I heard something major happen to you today. What's that? Did you get a haircut? I got a haircut. It was haircut day. All three of them, huh? Yep. Eight. Every uh, About every eight weeks. Eight weeks? Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, after I turned 23 years old, the Lord was taking care of my hair. I just help him every couple of weeks now. That's all it takes. Well, another big day is that we have another big podcast for everybody. And with that, we have another big guest. A former teammate of Brett Boone, five-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove Award winner, a silver slugger, and a one-time NLRBI leader, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Jones. What's up, Andrew? How's it going, guys? Hey, Drew, Booney. Hey, man, I, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. My only teammate uh, ever from Curacao. No, that's not true. We had Randall Simon as well. Yeah. But uh, let's get it going with uh, – all right, you played in Curacao, grew up in Curacao. You played in Japan and America. Now, that's my only teammate that's played in all three. Uh, baseball in Curacao growing up. I know you signed it at the age of 16. Just to tell the audience out there in the Boone podcast, what was that like? It's a pretty unique situation in the game of baseball. Well, I mean, you know, you know, first, thank you for having me. Um, you know, are you one of my favorite teams, teammates I play with, by the way? You Thanks, know, we Drew. Always, we, we always made it fun. Yes, we did. <laughs> We, we made it fun. Um, you know, I just, you know, growing up in the island, it's, it's totally different. I mean, just like everybody that come from, you know, Cuba, Cuba, you know, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Curacao is a little different. You know, it's kind of a little more, you know, you, you can't say, is you know, baseball is not that big. It's, it's just, it, it play all year long, but we don't play as much game that, you know, the guys play in Cuba or, or in, in Dominican Republic. Um, baseball always been big in Curacao. Um, you know, you know, I had stories from my dad telling me when they used to play against Cuba and, you know, Cuba used to be a, a big rivalry against them. Um, you know, going through the Panama, Panama games and stuff like that. So he's always told me stories about how good baseball is in Cuba and how good baseball in Curacao was with all, all the guys. But back in the day, they had no, the opportunity to, to, to sign to come to the United States and, and show their talent. So, um, you know, through those years later on, you know, in the 90s, I think early 90s or maybe even in the late late 80s, um, you know, they start signing guys and and guys start making it to the major, to the major league. And the first guy that made it from Curacao from the major league was Hansley Mullins that made it with the Yankees. And um, he kind of opened the door a little bit and, and scouts start coming down there and they start signing a lot of guys. And um, you know, I had a chance and I always had a dream. My dream was to play on TV. You know, I told my mom since I was little, all I want to do is play, you know, play, play baseball on TV. Um, but I know I wanted to play major league baseball, but when the opportunity came on, um, you know, me and my family, we talk about it and uh, we made the decision. That's what I want to do. And, you know, I had to work hard on it and, and, and it pay off. Yeah. And, and, 
You know, usually the the guests I have on, you know, I know them pretty well, and I and I know your career. And after I retired, I continued to follow you. Uh, I appreciate you saying I'm one. You're one of my favorites too. And and uh, we did have a good time in Atlanta. But I was just doing a little history check on Andrew Jones, things I didn't know. And and uh, at 15, correct me if I'm wrong. You played for the Curacao national team. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I get a chance to play, you know, um, before they started having the professionals play and, and represent, you know, the United States in, in the Pan Am games, like you mentioned, or or in a, uh, an Olympic year, uh, they had the amateurs mm-hmm. play. And I got to I got to represent the United States uh, as a college player. You know, so I was 19 or 20 years old. I forget what it was. But matter of fact, I got to play in Cuba. That's for another another segment but it was, it was a pretty unique situation pretty uh it, it opened your eyes put it that way but uh i got yeah. a chance to play but yeah, I, i'm 19 20 years old i couldn't imagine you know playing on on the national team representing my country and and being 15 years old what was that like well i mean i mean that's that's all we want to do i mean i think you know growing up a small island all you want to do is get an opportunity to leave and go on trip. You always want to come back because you love your island. You, you have your family there and all the stuff. But when you when you when you play a sport that you like, you love, and um, you get a chance to travel for it, you know every kid will love to do that. So um, you know you get a chance to leave your country, go to a different country that you don't have opportunity all the time to go to, and play a sport and and you know experience different culture. Um, you know life change for you, and and that's all we all that we play baseball back home. That's all we want to do is just go to different countries that we don't have chance to go. Um, like go to Puerto Rico, go to, go to Cuba, go to Panama, go to uh, Dominican Republic, to the Bahamas, or, you know, whatever they play the, the tournaments in the Caribbean, um, go and represent, represent your country and, 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 and trying to, trying to win a, a gold medal. How'd you get discovered? Well, I who's got saw, discovered by, you? uh, by this uh, scout that was working for the Braves um, back in the day in Curacao. His name was Giovanni Visaisa. He signed, actually signed probably like five guys before me. And, um, you know, I, I was I was one of those kids. Uh, you know, I was not, never going to the tryouts because I felt like, you know, it's too many guys. It's not, you, you're not going to show up, you know, you're not going to get seen much. But, um, you know, this time I did it. And um, he saw what I did. They saw, you know, my, my talent, they liked what I was doing, and um, they brought the big guy from Atlanta, and then I did a special special uh, tryout with, with just him and another guy that was signed with the Braves. Um, and they liked it, and we sat down, and we discussed what we want to do, and I agreed to sign with him. Well, I'll tell you what, and this is long before we played together, but uh, I remember where I was when I first saw you play, and you're just a kid, and I remember – Watt turning on the World Series, you're 19 years old in the big leagues, hitting home runs. And I remember, you know, thinking, who, who is this kid hitting homers in the World Series? You know, at 19, what was I doing? I was a sophomore in college playing in the Pac-10, and you're hitting homers. You know, and, and I think, you know, nowadays they're, they're trending back to that, the big leagues. You're starting to see more and more young, young talent. But in the time you came up, that really wasn't the norm to come up at that age. There weren't too many guys that, that did what you did. I, offhand, I think of Ken Griffey Jr. You know, he came up at, at I believe, 19 as well. 
you know, modern day yeah, guys I mean, have, have modern well, I mean, day guys you know, have like been. Saying, uh, you know, the, the the game the game is changing, and you know the guys getting more advanced. Um, they're getting more opportunity. Back in the day, you you know, you're 19, you're probably not going to get that opportunity to to show out and 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 get to the to the big big stage. Um, they're going to keep you slow. They hold you down, make you graduate every level till they know that you are ready to go up. So now it's like you know, I see guys move from A ball to big leagues. You know, I mean, see guys go from double A to big leagues. Back in the day, it was it was rare. Um, but Booney, I go back to it. You see me play. We play you. You were with Cincinnati when I played you the first time in Fulte County, I think. You were with, see, with, with the yeah, I, 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 I just remember I was on a hunting trip, and it was in uh, – and I turned on the postseason. And I remember – well, maybe that's the time when you really, like, made an impression on me. It kind of hit me like, this kid's 19 years old. He's hitting Booney, bowlers. Booney, I didn't impress you when I hit two home runs against Smiley um, in Turner Field. When I'll tell you, I'll tell you minutes. what, man. A lot of brain cells have gone, but no, I, I, I really remember that time because I remember talking to my dad and said, "Look at this kid," and was over, uh, overly impressed with it. But no, I don't. You took Smiley deep twice. Uh, what were you eighteen yeah. then? We, we, your we, um, Drew, we will, your memory's better than mine. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I'm a little younger than you. You are a little younger than me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got a chance in my career to play with some pretty great center fielders. Uh, played with, with Junior when I first came to the big leagues. Uh, I played with Mike Cameron. I played with you, and I played with Torrey Hunter. And I was just having this conversation. Cammy's still you know, a good friend of mine, and, and we talk time to time. And he's always yeah. asking me about stuff. And, and I said, yep. I said, Cammy, you're one of the best I've seen. I said, there's only one guy that I take over you defensively in center field. And that's Andrew Joe. And he agreed with me. I said, there's you. I put you, Tory. I'm talking Cameron now. I said, Mike Cameron, Tory yeah. Hunter, and Griffey. All great, great center fielders. I said, but I, I put Drew one step above you. And when we played together in 99, I, I saw it every day. And and you you played a real shallow center field, but you know I, I'd been told enough by by your your biggest fans, which were Smoltzy, Glab, and, and Doggy. They talk, yeah, Andrew Joe, he he saves us a lot of runs. But I got to see it on a daily basis. Talk to me a little bit about your how you played center field because I know you played a shallower center field, a shallow shallower center field than I've seen other center fielders play. So speak a little bit to that. Well, um, to be honest with you, back in the day, we didn't have that much of a scout report. We, you know, we have to make our own adjustment as what we see, what what our pitcher have today. You know, you know, you 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 have to, what how are we gonna attack the hitter? Um, but you have to have your own adjustment as when it's two strikes or when it's you know when he's ahead or when he's behind the count. You just move yourself and put yourself in the right position. You know, I'm sure you did it when you were playing second base to get a better range where you have ideas say, I think this guy's going to pull the ball. So I will cheat a little bit, but it will be that obvious that you're going to see me move. So you just move yourself. You know, you, you basically, you work hard at it, first of all. You do your practice. You do your work that you need to do. Started from sprint training. You go there. You get life, 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 um, life um, BP, and you just 
say today I'm gonna play really shallow. Tomorrow I'm gonna play deep and see I work on the on 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 the wall, the feeling of the wall or whatever, coming in or going back. So everything starts with training, then you continue to do it in in the season, and um, you know you 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 learn the hitters, you learn you learn the league, and you you learn your pitchers, and that's how I'm, I I made I made made it be as easy as I could have made it for myself. Yeah, and you hit on a good point. Yeah, as as a middle infielder, yeah, we did all those things too. It it, it made it nice that the year I did play in uh, Atlanta with you guys, it, it makes it nice when you got Maddox and Glavin because when they call a pitch, you know where it's going to be, so it's pretty predictable. These yeah. are guys are that yeah. are missing in and out like like normal starting pitchers, but uh, that's definitely I. Uh, that Braves group. That, that you played with for, for a number of years. It seemed like it was Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, and then it was Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, and, and pretty much maybe Javi Lopez. And the rest mm-hmm. of us were kind of interchangeable parts. It seemed like guys were always coming and going to Atlanta to get that per- perfect formula. You won a decade, you won the division every year. Uh, you know, I was talking to, to, to Greg the other day and I said, you know, is there any disappointment? You only won one World Series. They won in 95. And mm-hmm. uh, he said, yeah, but it, it was nice knowing when you when you walk into that clubhouse in spring training that you're going to be in the postseason. Speak to that a little bit uh, about what it was like, because it was it was you, it was Chip, Javi and then the, the big three on the mound. And and uh, what, what was that like for your time in Atlanta? Well, I mean, you 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 say it right. Um, and, you know, like I say, I would love to win, win more more World Series because that's what have made you know the Braves the team. But going there, like you say, going going there, knowing that you're going to be in the playoff every year. When you walk into spin training, the first word Bobby say, "Hey, we're just going to get ready to get and win another title." That's it. That's 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 the goal. Go in the title, but you know through the year, years are long. You know you're gonna have ups and downs. You're gonna struggle. The team's gonna struggle. We have to have a meeting to talk about. You know, hey, we need to we need to step it up a little bit. We need to do a little bit of that. But those things happen with everybody. Everybody's gonna have an up and down year with the season going. But to be to 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 respond to that, why we did not win that many? We always was like short one person. I felt like we were short one person every year. If it was like an arm or it was a, a bat. So it was like, or somebody in the bullpen. So we always was like one short over. And, you know, I think that's why we couldn't get over that hump. But, you know, a, a lot of respect for, for the front office of the Braves. Um, they always put a good team together to go out there and compete for 162 games. And, you know, and you can see it pay off. Through the through the through those fourteen straight division titles, um, but it always was like one part. It's like why we cannot get it over the hump, and I felt like we always was missing one person. Um, you know, the year that um, we traded for, for you and and Reggie, we had a great great team. Well, we was like maybe one person short. Uh, I don't know if it was an arm or a bat, but um, it always was like one of those things. But you know, you look like now, every, you know, every team when they when they start, they 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 come. They, the teams that win the whole, whole World Series, they compete from the beginning all the way to the end. I mean, they saw it. I mean, you name it. The, name all the teams that that won the last the last five years of a World Series. 
I mean, they have great pitching staff and they hit and they do the right thing. So I felt like we always was one, one, one player short to, 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 to make it to the World Series. Yeah, and, and you make a good point because it was a different spring training that, that year I was in Atlanta than any of my previous. Uh, we walked in and Bobby addressed the team and, and he addressed the new players. And he said, in for you new guys, you know, we strap it on and we steamroll people. And that's what we do when we go to the, the postseason and we're the Atlanta Braves. And there was kind of an aura in that clubhouse like, yeah, we expect to go to the World Series. And uh, we ended up going that year that I was there. We just we got beat by the Yankees. But uh, it, it was a it was a it was a different uh, different than the other teams I've been on. Yet it was I, I really welcomed it because I thought it was a really cool. I mean, it breeded just such a winning atmosphere. And uh, I'll tell a little bit of a story. And speaking of Bobby Cox, who you know the the Hall of Fame manager, and uh, I don't know if you'd heard it before. I'm sure you've heard it before, but this is this is a, attributed a little bit to your how great of a defender you were in center field. Is you made a play one day, and it was just one of your typical plays. And, and I remember we came into the dugout, and Bobby kind of looked around, and somebody said something like, "Hey, Drew made a great catch." And he just kind of, I forget who he was talking to, but he just said, Willie Mays, my ass. <laughs> and I thought, wow, <laughs> that's one of the highest compliments you can p pay to a player. And I heard him say that. And, and I actually, I never saw Willie play, but seeing you play every day, uh, it, it was pretty fun to watch. All right. So after the Braves. Move on. You bounce around a little bit like like us coming to the Braves, the, those interchangeable parts. You go to the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, Rangers in Chicago. Um, yeah. What was that like? What was that like after after kind of being a mainstay in one city? And, and probably if I'm guessing, you probably called the Braves your home uh, to then be on the move and playing on different or for different organizations. What was that like? Well, to be honest with you, it was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It was tough the first time when, you know, when, you know, Cheryl was coming to the office and told me, hey, we're not going to be able to sign you back. And I was like, uh, you know, it was a shock to me because, you know, my heart was in Atlanta. I made Atlanta my home. So I was like, I was in shock. Um, you know, kind of felt like, you know, a little disappointed that they didn't even offer me nothing to say, hey, we want to bring you back on this or whatever. They didn't offer nothing. So they just simply told me, we're not going to, we're not going to bring you back because we don't have money. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to say anything else. I uh, say, thank you for having me, you know, and you know, you say you're always going to be a brace. The, the whole, the whole stories that normally every GM will tell you. Um, but I was at a point, but then I had to, I had to move. And then, you know, uh, I went to LA, uh, you know, it was not in my, one of my, favorite year of playing baseball. I know I had some bad years through through my career playing with the Braves, you know, some up and down season, but, you know, I managed to to go through it. But um, I went to L.A., you know, thermal meniscus. I woke up one day, I don't know, I just couldn't walk. I, I was like in shock to myself. But, um, you know, thermal meniscus. So that took me for a while to come back. You know, I'm trying to make a rehab because we, we were very competitive trying to make the playoff. And, um, you know, and then they had young guys that, that was almost there ready to go. And, you know, the Matt Cam, the Itcher, and all those guys, um, you know, I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just going to take a break, make sure my knee is right, and, and let these kids 
go out there and play. And um, they went out there and play, and you know they trade for Manny. Manny did a great job for them going there. Um, they may end up making the playoff, but they lost against the Philly. But um, that was the most disappointing years of my career playing baseball. Um, my whole career, period. You know, injury came in. Um, never had injury. Never, never sit out a game. Um, I always play every day. When I walk in, I'm playing. Till he say you're not playing today, or I'm taking you out of the lineup. So that's that was my mindset. So it was kind of disappointing to myself, as my career of not playing every day and not going out there and help my team team win. Uh, then I had to make move, and um, I asked I asked for my my release. Um, you know, the Dodgers released me. I went and you know, I, I rehabbed my knee. I went to Dominican Republic, played some game down there, so make sure I can run and do, you know, do the right things I need to do. And then uh, I signed a minor, minor league deal with Texas. And, um, you know, I went to Texas and um, they basically say, we don't have a spot for you. And then I was like, no, no problem. I, I, I went down to the minor league and got some at-bats and, Actually, Noah Ryan was there, and he was watching. He was watching a Triple A team, and I had four homers. So he called my agent back and said, "Hey, don't leave. <laughs> we might we might find a spot <laughs> for you." <laughs> so only four. Only home, four. You know, I kind of. I, um, this is like after Juan Washington and Gary Perry tell me that you know Drew, we don't have spots for you. I mean, the manager told me already that we don't have spots. I said, like, "No problem." You know. I'm, I still got a day. I'm going to go down there and get some of that. Maybe some team will watch me. So Noah Ryan saw this, and they called back and said, don't leave. And I ended up making a team. And, you know, I ended up being, being a part of the team. And it was, a, it was a good beginning for Texas because we have fun. We made everybody very excited. And, we, you, know, we, uh, we, you know, we brought a lot of excitement to, to the team. And after that, the next two years, they, made, they went back-to-back World Series. And, you know, it was like it was a beginning of a, a good start for them. Um, but then I went to, um, then after that, I went to, uh, Chicago, um, I signed over there. Um, I was talking with Ozzy that I played with him. It was my teammate and a good friend of mine. He told me, say, if you come in shape, you're going to play outfield. I say, okay. So I went, I went, I worked out. I got my, I got, I got really fit, lost some weight. Um, came there, you know, got a chance to play. You know, then they went and trade for Manny, and um, you know I had to go to the bench. And then, you know, after that, I, I ended up winning two years with with New York. And um, my last two years professionally, uh, I went to Japan and and ended up playing for uh, Rocket Ten Eagles in Japan, and we won uh, the Japanese series over there. How was that? How was that? And now you've you've played, you know, you played the big leagues for a number of years. Grew up in Kira. Now you, you grew up in Kira. Now you're playing in Japan. You're going from culture. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me a little bit what what Japan was like. Still to this day, I've never been there. Mooney, let me tell you something. One of my favorite places to go. It's really just too far. But one of my favorite, favorite, I mean, they the respect, the culture, the love of the game. I mean, they treat you like, like you're the king over there. Like especially, I, I had a name already from playing the major league. When I went there, it was like, I mean, it was, it. I, I mean, I, I almost did not pay for anything over there. It was like free, yeah, I, everything. You go eat, you free. Like 
And we were playing good. I was with a, a new expansion team that never went to the playoff. We ended up winning the playoff. We we won the series. We brought the series. And, you know, it was it was a good time. The, I don't know if you remember the whole tsunami thing that happened um, in, in Japan was in that in that um, in that town that I play in. And uh, we did a lot of stuff for them. We donate so much money. You know, every time, you know, we hit a homer, we were talking about, hey, if we hit a homer, uh, we will we will donate money, money to to the foundation to for the tsunami um, recurrent and everything. So um, we had a great time and um, we ended up winning. And you know, thanks for Tanaka was my was our uh, ace player. I mean, our ace pitcher and uh, Sean Casey. I mean, not Sean Casey. Uh, Casey McGee was um, my teammate. That was a big part of the team. So we end up. We end up having a great time, very fun, and we went out there and, and won the whole thing. Yeah, it sounds cool. And, and, you know, I played with Ichiro for five years, and he'd tell me all about it. And in 2001, when 9-11 hit, we were, that was the year we were uh, on the schedule to open the, uh, open the big league season in Japan, but then, you know, they took precautionary and, and for our safety, they said, mm-hmm. we don't think it's a good time to fly over there, but uh, I've always been interested. And, and I hear, uh, you know, I hear stories about it, but, but I think it would be a cool thing to go through and just experience. And, and uh, well, so- my, my thing is I went there in 89 to play a little league world series in Japan. Since really? then, we end up staying with family. They took us in, open arm. They, they, they made. They went out to to learn a different language to speak with us, so so they can make us feel comfortable. So that was crazy. So then after that, um, you know, I went to two All Star game with the with the MLB All Star game to Japan. I went in 90, 98 and um, two thousand six. Uh, when MLB used to have an All Star game, they go there every year after the end of season, and um, and I enjoy every bit of it. Really cool. That's really cool stuff. I want to get back to a little bit on on because I think it's something that we have in common, even though we played a different position. Me being a second baseman my whole career, it was man. The years that were easy for me were the years that I really had a short stop that that we worked good together. When I was in Cincinnati you know, which comes to mind. I played with, with uh, Barry Larkin for five years and it just seemed like we just knew each other and we knew where the other guy was going to be. And it, 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 it just freed you up to play your game and to make great plays because you trusted your, your opponent. I think a little mm-hmm. bit when I think of center fielders and, and you, like you said, after you left uh, Atlanta, you played for several different teams and you're playing with a lot of different outfielders, a lot of new left fielders and a lot of new right fielders. Talk to me about being a center fielder and the adjustments you make to the, to the outfield you're out there with is, does it make that big of a difference for a center fielder or do you, it, um, does it help when you really know those guys in left and in right? I mean, it's good that you know the guys that you have because you communicate with them all the time, but it really doesn't matter for me who is in right or, or, or left. I'm going to move and I'm going to put you in the spot that I think that it's going to be comfortable for you and you won't be in my way when I go, go get the ball or whatever. So, and I'm, I, I, when I play center field, I was 
always shifting. I was shifting left. I was shifting right. It depends the hitter was, who's the hitter was. I will move in a little bit. I will bring the right field in. I will bring the right field back. What I, I mean, I was kind of like a quarterback. I was feeling it like it was crazy. I was just like telling guys where to go, and the ball would be like right there. I was like, they would look at me and was like, what? how you knew that? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just watching the game. So it was kind of weird. Um, Matt Dias was not a good outfielder, and I met Mike Dias made a lot of money because he can hit, <laughs> but I made him a good, good outfielder. Very cool. Very cool. So, so, so the, you know, it was like so crazy. I, mean, I, 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 I don't know what – you know, even right now, I go to spring training. You know, I work with the Braves. I go to spring training. I talk with the outfielders. I get an outfield, and I, I get behind them, and I'm like, I move. And I'm like, hey, this ball is gonna be right here. I'll be moving stuff. And it's just like, kind of like, kind of like I see it out there, and it's just like, put myself in a position where I can go left and right quicker, or, you know, or whatever. So it's, you know, it, it's just something you just see when you get on the field. What do you? What do you think's cooler, your gold gloves, silver slugger? Well, um, I, I'm going to be what, a little political on this. I should have won more silver slugger. But I should have won, I I gold won gloves. more gold gloves. <laughs> I should I, 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 I should have won more silver slugger, but I love I love defense. I, I think I I made I made defense so so much special for for my career, and I took a lot of pride of it. Not that I never took pride of my hitting or anything else, but um, you know, I felt like if I fell as hitting, somebody else could have picked me up. You know, the the the, the fifth, the third, the second, or the eighth hitter picked me up if I don't do it. But if I if I fell as a def- defense defender, um, I can I can make something big happen in 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 the inning. So I took a lot of pride of that. Yeah, I think that's really cool, too, because that's something you do as a player. Do you take pride in your position? And I always used to think that way, especially as I got a little bit older and, and been through some up and downs and some tough years on the back of that bubblegum card. And I just yeah. I, I took the mindset of, you know what, if I'm not getting any hits today, you're not going to get any hits either. And it kind of makes you feel better. If I could turn a big double play to end the game, at least I did something. You know, you run one down in the gap in the bottom of the ninth, save the game. It's like I didn't get any hits today, but but I can hang my hat somewhere. So I, I think it's cool. And I think that's why defense is such a, you know, it's not that glamorous thing that, you know, you don't have the numbers and you're not on Sports Center flipping your bat. But it's a pretty cool thing to just that, you know, and your, yeah. and your teammates know. Well, the, the, you know, everybody asks you about a lot of stuff. It's like, hey, you know, what about, you know, we, you know, with this whole, you know, Hall of Fame thing and, and, you know, everything about your career. I say, listen, if those things happen, it's great. Um, it's just a, a accomplished. But all, all I want is my teammates that I play with, when they look back and say, that guy was a bad badass and he helped me where I am right now. So that's all I look for. And if it happened to be in the Hall of Fame, it happened, I've been there, I will be there. Um, but if it don't, you know, I won't, I won't hang my head down because it, 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 it is what it is. But I know that I, I, when, I got, when I put the uniform on, I give all I got to go out there and, and be the best player I can be at my position. And I think you hit it on the head. You say it's what it's all about. It's that teammate can look at you and, and respect what you did and, and 
hopefully you touched other teammates and make them better players. It is. That's what it's all about. I mean, all of us are, are human beings and we play this game, but at the end of the day, your teammates know what kind of guy and what kind of player you are that you bring it every night. And that's the most important thing. And that doesn't get headlines, but, but you're right yeah. on with that. 2005, you hit 51 homers, Drew. 51. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. Not too many people hit 50 anything. What was that year like? Well, I'll be honest with you, I think 04, I had a, I only hit like 20-something homer. I felt like, you know, I, I felt like I failed that year, um, you know, producing. Um, you know, I, I had a good streak going, hitting 30-something home run with 100 RBIs. 30-something home run with 100 RBIs, score 100, whatever. And 04, I fell. I felt like I fell. So I went I, right when, this, when the season was over, I went right straight to the batting cage and I started working on new stands and, and trying to develop less movement of the body, trying to be more solid to, to the ground. Um, and, you know, it clicked. And um, I went to spring training, and I, had, I, I went off. I was, I was, like, feeling great. I was like, man, I'm going up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this guy home run off the field. And it happened. So I was like, wow, I feel good. So I'm comfortable with, with, with my stand, my new stands and everything. So all I have to carry into the, into the season. But anything happened. I, I start bad. April was terrible. I was like, I had like one homer. Everybody was like, you left all your home runs in, in freaking spring training. But, all of a sudden, here they but come. then everything, then, and then everything click up and everything start rolling. And, you know, uh, I kind of start feel, I got to start sitting on pitches and, you know, when they throw it, I did not miss it. And uh, I felt like it was that, that good of a year. Today's game, you watch these kids today, you say you work with the Atlanta Braves. Um, what do you think? It's all about spin rate and exit velocity and hitting homers. You see guys strike out a lot. I think there's a lot of positive things. I think that still the great players are great players. It's fun to watch, you know, for me, it's fun to watch a Mike Trout. It's fun to – this Tatis kid down in, down in San Diego, man mm-hmm. – He's gonna. He's got a chance to be just a super superstar. What do you think about mm-hmm. today's game versus versus when when our generation? Well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, we can we can go back so many gener- generation back. Baseball is just continue to grow. I mean, it's going to continue to get as fast as they can. I mean, back in back in the day, it was like I don't know how many guys would throw a hundred. Now everybody's throwing hundred, so I really don't know what's going on. But um, you know it's fun. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I mean I'm you know I'm happy that the, you know they're giving a lot of kids opportunity to go out there and and show their talent because like you say back in the day you won't see a 19 year old or 20 21 year old kid in the big league. That many of them, you know, it, it, it was tough. You know, you're gonna have the the 27, you know, the 27, the 26 year old guys that it will be in the big league. So, you know, get an opportunity to get those kids early to get on there and then show the talent. It's awesome. I mean, I mean, I love the game. I, I, I can speak of the different of it because, you know, we're in 2020, I play in 2010, you know, it's not much different, but, um, you know, it's a lot of information now and I kind of, kind of hurt a little bit because they, they forgetting the instinct of the game. 
Um, I couldn't imagine you, know, you checking your wristband. I, <laughs> I, I, I watch. I, I know. I, I'm. I'm. I'm pulling a piece of paper out of my back to look what's going on. Um, I don't know. If I, I don't know about that part. But the 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 information they gave you is fine. I told you. I, I I love them. Give me information as much information I can have on the picture. It's awesome. You know. I mean, they tell you now this guy is going to throw eighty percent slider, and and. 20% fastball. Should I look for fastball for 20%? I'm going to look slider for 80%, right? Yeah, right. So the information is right, but you're going to still make your adjustment yourself because you got to see the game. This is just something on the paper they give you. Just like the paper tell you, this guy is going to hit the ball over here 80% or 60%. That's why you see, but you don't see what the swing is going. So you got you to watch all that. And, you know, now they got two guys playing so deep. They don't want balls to go over their head. Um, it's so much stuff, information. It's just like, I don't know. It's kind of, it, it, it bothered me because I see guys hit blooper and get doubles. And nobody can tell nobody <laughs> out at the base. So it's like, I just don't understand that. I'm like, guys, you, you, they gave you information. It's fine. Use it. But you still use your instinct. Use your right. instinct of the game. And I think that's what we're losing in this now game now. And that's the only thing I will say about back in the day and this game, the instinct of well, the game. Some of the guys, right, the guys I, that use the instinct, you can see them, they superstar. They, they use the instinct. They they good, good defender. Um, the guys that lose the, the paper, they just all right baseball players. So I think the things that we miss in, in nowadays baseball is the instinct of the game. They're not using it. They, they're going more as a ro- robot. Uh, they told me to move there. I'm going to go there to that spot. Right. No, and I, and I agree with you on that. And and I try to look at the positive of everything. I think there's a lot of positive things. You know, and I think as baseball players and ex-baseball players, to stay in the game and, and to stay relevant, you've got to look at what the younger generation's doing because there's probably some things we could learn. Like you said, man, I would love having all this intel that they have right now. Right on my laptop, I can go mm-hmm. over an entire team the night before I even get to the ballpark. I think I'm, I'm almost jealous that I didn't have that mm-hmm. kind of information at my fingertips. Mm-hmm. But like you were pointing out as well, it can be an overload and you start to rely on that instead of relying on what got you to the big leagues. When you say 80% uh, sliders, well, does that guy know what happened the last time he hung me a slider and I hit it in the upper deck? Probably he's yeah, not going to so throw me a slider 80% or who's hitting behind me. What's the situation yeah. in the game? Is there a base open? You know, all these factors yeah. come in and it's not just 80%, 20%. It's no, we got all these factors and now I'll, I'll use my instinct to find out what the best approach is for me. So, yeah, I think there's yeah. really good things, but I think there's things from past generations. And, and somehow, if you mold those together, that's the perfect baseball player. But that life will go on, and it's their game. I enjoy watching these young, talented kids. I love watching this kid in Washington Soto. How good of a hitter is he? Mm-hmm. And the guys like that, awesome. it's it, – I mean, yeah, he's awesome. It, the talent is really – the physicality is is improving. And I think it's the way these guys prepare and, and year-round. Yeah. They're, they're, they're in the gym when they're 15 years old. You know, I didn't do stuff like that. I didn't start getting into the gym till I was in my late 20s. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, I gotta, like, like, like you say, you know, the, 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 the information, the, the, the work active is different than it was now. And, you know, I, like I say, I embrace all those kids. I mean, I'm proud of all of them. Um, to give, give give the chance to play 
in the in the major league, you know, something they all dream about as at a younger age, and it don't happen a lot. So you know, they need to enjoy it, embrace it, and take advantage of it. You still keep in contact with Randall Simon? To be honest with you, I just talked with him before you phone call. Oh, uh, you know, I was. It came up on on. Uh, I don't know, Facebook or something I was looking at the other day, the old back in, in Milwaukee when they had the sausage yeah. race. <laughs> and yeah. there's Randall yeah. coming yeah. out of the dugout, Knox's sausage. It's still one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a baseball <laughs> field. And it, it helps when once you get to know Randall and play with him. And I know you're good buddies with him. You grew up with him. Yeah. But just that one year I got to play with Randall to see that he was the guy that came out of the dugout. I mean, it makes it even funnier. What, what a good you got a Randall you got a Randall story for me? Oh man, to be honest with you, he he is that nice of a guy, to be honest with you. He is a very nice guy. My funny story to him is, you know, you always act like he's tough, right? You're always popping his chain out, you know, you're always popping, you know, this and that. So we get in trouble in in, in instruction league. And they call us the office, and they send us. They say, "You guys broke the rule. We're gonna send you home." And this big teddy bear started crying like a little baby. I was like, "What? What in the world's going on with you, man? Man up, please. We want to go home. I don't want to be in instruction league. It's hot. We're playing at twelve o'clock. I want to go home." So he was. That's the point. He's saying he was so tough, like you know. Chulo, bravo, blah, 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 this and that. And now we sit in the office with the, with the boss. He's crying like he's going home. Oh, he's he cracks me up. And he'll hit me up once in a while. I'll hear for him, from him, you know, once every few months. And I just think back to, you know, watching him hit BP and <laughs> get off me, ball. And, and it just takes yeah. me back to, to some fun times. Yeah. Drew, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. I was glad to, to catch up and on the Boone Podcast, what we do at the end is we bring Big Danny back, and he's got some questions from the fans. Thanks, Brett. We do have a couple questions from the fans, and we'll start it off with this one. Andrew, do you have a good Ozzie Guillen story? Considering I'm a Chicago guy, you played for the White Sox, and you also were friends with him on and off the field. Any good Ozzie Guillen stories? Well, I mean, I I don't know where to start. (laughs) This guy is a character. He is. He actually... I actually love this guy, man. I wish they could have a chance to give him a chance to, to manage him again because I, I think I think he's a great manager. He always was there, you know, on the on the back of Bobby, learning on what to know about managing and stuff like that. So I wish they can give him a chance to manage again, and you know. But to be honest with you, this guy is a character, man. I mean, I don't know where to start. Um, you know, we played winter ball together in Venezuela um, when I was 19. He probably was in the in late 20s. Um, he came up with me one time. He said, Hey, Andrew, if you don't want to play here, just go home. I say, well, can you tell them so I can go home because I don't want to be here. But anyway, uh, <laughs> story from him. Shoot. I don't know where to start. I mean, as a manager, you want to know stories of him as a manager or, or, or I want to know, I want to know the like, funniest thing that made him, that made you laugh with that guy. All right. So I'm playing against them. In um in um in Chicago, I'm with the Yankees. He sent a ball over to the Giardi. Please put Andrew Jones in the game so we can finish the game faster. 
<laughs> so he throw the ball. Giardi get it. He laugh. He called me. Giardi say, Andrew, you pinch hit. And I was like, why are you serious? Come on. So I'm walking in the back and say, I bet. Bet I'm getting a hit on my walk. So now the pitcher is Grisel now. Grisel is nasty. So I'm facing Grisel off the bench. He's coming in to close games or whatever. He's going to oh, clean up, whatever. I'm getting there. I look over. I say, bet. We bet. Dinner. If, if, if I get a walk or a hit, you say, you pay if you strike out. Chris is, you know, Chris Al putting people down left and right. So he ended up walking me. I mean, I went basically went there because I know Chris Al from the year before. I played with him in Chicago. Um, I know he was not going to throw me fastball. He was going to throw all sliders. So I was just taking pitches the whole time. I took, I, I took five pitches. I didn't swing the bat once. <laughs> so I walked. He gave it. He's raising hell, throwing hats out there. So we go out and go talk with Sal. Say, Sal, you need to pay for the dinner that you cost me for Andrew because we bad dinner with him. So we, we in the middle of the game, he laughing. I mean, it, it, this guy is the funny person that I, I mean, I have fun with, with a lot of managers that I had, but the fun I had with, with, with Ozzy because, you know, he was a friend, uh, a, a ex teammate and a really good friend, family. Um, it was fun to play with him though. He, he's awesome out here. I'm actually pretty good friends with his son. And when I used to cover the White Sox, he would do a thing in the uh, in the dugout before the games where the media would, uh, we'd all, you know, ask him questions. And then when he was done, he goes, all right, now everybody turn off your recorders and I'll be as honest as you want me to be. So we all had to show him. We had to show him that I turned off the microphone and then he would be the most honest manager I've ever heard in my life. Everything was off the record, but it was like all stand-up comedy. He was like the greatest to cover. <laughs> He's not afraid to speak his mind. No, no, not at all. With that said, you've played in so many different big markets. L.A., Chicago, New York, Atlanta. Which was the hardest one to play in? L.A. was the toughest one because they were on my butt the whole time because I didn't perform for the money that they pay me. So that was tough. But, um... I had a good time in New York. New York was awesome. Um, Organization-wise, New York, very top everything. New York is New York. I mean, the Yankees is, you know, it's top of the line. You can ask Brad Boone, brother, how how, how they are. So, <laughs> 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 they, 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 they top of the line with their stuff. So um, that was the best organization I played for. Ask from, from top to the bottom. Nothing, nothing wrong against the Braves. Uh, Braves gave me the opportunity to play the longest. Um, I respect everybody on there. Um, but organization wise, handle wise, the Yankees. Gotcha. Before I let you go, the fans want to know do you have any good stories of John Rocker? Oh, man. Wow. That's triple. I mean, I got about 10,000. You want me to keep them all? <laughs> hey, I got the time. If you got the dime, buddy. All right. Okay, I'm going to go with this one. It's not in the big league. We in a ball. He is my roommate. I'm living with him in his mom's house and that house. He drive us to the stadium every day. He drive me and Glenn Williams to the stadium every day because we didn't have driver's license yet. So we drive, go to the game, come back. This fool decided to go off-road on the way home to chase deers in the wood with us. 
<laughs> on the way home. Wind off road in the dark. We don't know what's going on in the dark. I have no idea. I thought we, 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 we I don't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> Not that's, a story. That sounds like him, and that sounds like something Klesko might do too. <laughs> we play. Well, Dan, Dan has changed the truck to a, a Corvette. We're doing 120 on the on the back road. I'm like, are we gonna die? <laughs> this guy was out of control. <laughs> on the second note, this is now. This is all a ball. Now I'm telling you. Oh, I mean, I got a lot for for the big leagues or whatever. But a ball, I, me and him was living together. True story. That's awesome. We go on the road. His dad had to go to the road every time because when he, you know, he was starting pitcher. Every time he, he couldn't throw strike worth, worth nothing. I mean, boy had a good arm, but could not throw strike. He was throwing the ball in the backstop. So the fans from the, out, from the area will come and hassle him. So he get out of the game. He's trying to fight, fight the fans on the way to the clubhouse when he's getting out of the game. <laughs> He's yelling in the stands. His dad have to go get him. He's yelling at the fans, I'll wait for you in the parking lot now. Meet me out there. I mean, boy had a big temper since, since from the beginning. Don't get me wrong. He's, he, I, I love John Rocker. He's, he was a great guy. He still is a great guy. Um, but he had a temper, and he is borderline crazy. I've always said, I've always said, sports always needs a guy like that. You need like a heel or somebody who, who takes people on like that. That's what makes it fun. There's not a lot of guys like that anymore. Uh, I'm telling you. I mean, it's, it's still a lot. It's still few out there. They're just not not as as well at that anymore because there's so, so much media out, and it's, it, it can it can cause a problem. You know, back in the day, it was no 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 Instagram, no no Snapchat, no. No, none of these Twitter stuff. No video phones. Can, you know, you know, video phones or whatever. So now it's more stuff. So everybody needs to be a little calm about the situation. He is Andrew Jones. You can find him on Twitter at, at @AndrewJones25. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and having a good conversation. We appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me, guys. I enjoy it. Um, anytime. This has been the Brett Boone Podcast. You can follow Brett at the Boone 29 And this has been the Brett Boone Podcast. Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you all for reviewing it, sharing it, leaving comments. This podcast is continuing to grow, and it's all thanks to everybody. Please continue to tell all your friends and family this is where real baseball talk happens. It happens on the Brett Boone Podcast. My name is Dan Levy. We'll do it again very soon. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody.